Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the Lineup Logic Podcast, Daily Fantasy Podcast, bringing you lineup construction ideas for the DFS slate to come. We are talking Week 11 NFL. Um, Getting into the nitty-gritty here, baby. Lots of kind of tight pricing ranges. Um, There's going to be some, you know, highly, highly owned players, as there should be, um, in some interesting spots. So you kind of have to, we're going to have to, be judicious, I guess is the word. Judicious is the word I'll be using this week in our decision-making. Um, trying to figure out how we want to construct. I mean, I think in cash games specifically, going to be a little bit tougher uh, to figure out h- how and where do you want to go. There's a lot of clear core plays that I feel comfortable with, um, but we got to jump into this player breakdown and figure out what you guys want to do with your lineups. Hey, listen, patreon.com slash lineup logic. If you want to support the show, I appreciate it. Um, means a lot to me you know we we do I do a lot of work here to try and keep the lights on and um you know for as little as three dollars a month you guys can help us out over there lineuploggicdfs.com um we have plenty of content headed your way of course then we also have um NBA show coming tomorrow so keep your eyes open and ears open for an NBA breakdown of Friday's slate. But hey, let's jump into the um, player breakdown here for week 11 of the NFL slate. All right, we're looking at quarterback here. I mean, it it's kind of ridiculous that Tom Brady is not the most expensive quarterback, but you have Brady in Oakland here, $8,600, $7,400 on DK, the greatest quarterback of our generation versus the worst defense in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, the highest total on the slate. What is not to like here? I don't know what, why this is the lowest salary we've seen all year from Tom Brady. I mean, he hasn't really exploded in the last month, but he's been very solid. Um, obviously, you'd prefer him in a game that's closer. You'd prefer him at home, but he does have one of the highest floors in the NFL. I mean, he doesn't have any rushing upside, but he's thrown eight touchdowns in the last month. And if this game stays competitive, I mean, you know, he's going to smash. And all of his competitive games this year, the Carolina and the Houston game, I mean, dude threw like three-plus touchdowns. That's kind of what you want. You hope that the Raiders can stay in this. The other thing you have to be concerned about is is their ability to run the ball. I mean, they just have so many looks right now with Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead. You know, they're not necessarily a wide receiver-driven team. You know, Chris Hogan is out. They have Gronk. 
um, and, and Brandon Cooks, obviously, is great pass catchers. And James White has been a great pass catcher. And Rex Burshead can catch patch, uh, passing touchdowns as well. It just we know that if Belichick has his way, he gets a lead, he holds it, he runs the clock, and he hammers the run. And this team is good enough to run. And this Oakland defense is bad enough that you can run the ball on it. So, you know, I mean, they're 28th in um, DVOA and tw- – um, excuse me, they're 32nd in DVOA and 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback. They're allowing the highest completion rate in the game, and they haven't yet forced an interception. So, and they have one of the worst sack rates in the NFL. I mean, they have a good pass rusher in Khalil Mack, but that's one individual. (laughs) They don't have a very good sack rate. Um, You know, he could definitely throw three, four, five touchdowns with a clean pocket. You know, you just, you wonder what the Raiders are going to be able to do on the opposite side of the ball with the Patriots defense and mysteriously improving none of their real metrics going, getting better, but except for their touchdown rate, they're not allowing touchdowns. I just don't really know. I've been desperately trying to figure out what is wrong. What is, what is working for the Patriots? It's not their sack rate. They're not getting more pressure. They're simply not allowing touchdowns. They're allowing completions. They're allowing passing yards. They're just not allowing touchdowns. That's all I can figure out. Um, you know, I, I actually, I cannot solve it. I don't know really what's different, but they have not allowed more than 20 points in like five weeks. So it's kind of a big deal because something has changed and something has improved about this defense. And if the Raiders can't get it going, then Brady doesn't really have to do much. And we've seen that in a number of matchups recently. I mean, you know, 15 15 to 20 fantasy points is what you're going to get. But you also have a massive ceiling with this guy because he's a freaking robot. Um, If you want to pivot, I think Alex Smith is the guy. I mean, Alex Smith is in a smash spot against the Giants on the road here. Both of these guys on the road, you know, the only quarterback that you have at home who's really in a smash spot is Drew Brees, and we'll talk about him. But um, Alex Smith versus the Giants, 7,900 on FanDuel, 6,700 on DraftKings, which is a great price, I think. You know, that, that, and he's going to be chalky. People are going to love him in this spot. No doubt, he's too cheap. There's no team that's allowing more points to the quarterback. They're allowing more than two passing touchdowns per game. Uh, 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, 29th in DVOA to the pass. 27th to the rush. I mean, Kansas City hasn't had a matchup this good since Oakland, and Smith smashed for 25 points. Now, the difference there is, is that Oakland put a shit ton of pressure on that offense because they got out to that early lead, remember? Amari Cooper. Um... The thing that I really do like here, I think one of the things that we've been missing from Alex Smith's game recently that he has the ability to do is um, the same thing that Jared Goff did. And I, 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 you know, I mentioned this when I wrote up Sammy Watkins um, in week nine. The Giants allow the second highest passer rating on the deep ball. And, you know, Andy Reid knows this. <laughs> he knows that you can go deep on this team. He knows, you know, obviously we didn't have Janoris Jenkins in that spot, but we saw Marquise Goodwin go deep on this team last week. You can go deep on this team, and I don't know necessarily who it will be, and we never know who is going to necessarily score in an offense that kind of gets spread out and you know, weird things. You know, I mean, it could be Sharkhandrick West, and everybody, everybody throws their phone into the ocean. But... Tyreek, Tyreek coming out of the, you know, coming out here on on the turf against a Giants team that's, that's done. I mean, they're, they're, they packed it in, they've quit. They had an opportunity, one of the best matchups on the board last week to actually put something up respectable. And, you know, I mean, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, 
are going to give give it their their best because they're they're young players who are trying to get their numbers up you know make sure that they get a good deal for whoever's next or whatever they do next but um you know they're not going to the giants offense is not that good and i think that the you know the, the chiefs coming out of the bye the defense should be improved they know that that's been a huge weakness for them um you know, I think that the edge that Alex Smith has is twofold. One over over a guy like Brady or a guy like Drew Brees is 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 it's twofold here for me. One is is he his price. I mean, to be below eight K and in such a good matchup on FanDuel is just you know, with a two touchdown like kind of floor almost, like a fifteen to twenty point floor. You you love that. And he has the rushing upside. He's been rushing five four or five times per game. Um, for about 20 yards. And that kind of gives me a little bit of an edge over Brady. And, you know, I mean, he can do rushing touchdowns too. And, you know, that, that you know, you're not going to play golf against, or excuse me, you can't play Dak against this this Philadelphia defense necessarily, especially if Tyron Smith is not back. We just don't know enough. It's really terrifying. Um, you know, but I think you can you can look at Alex Smith as as a comp there, and his price is just it's just too cheap. It really is. It's just too cheap. So I like him quite a bit. Um, you know, I I mentioned earlier. I just mentioned Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is 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 in a really 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 nice spot here. No reason not not to like Drew Brees in this one. Um, he is at home. He has the second best offense behind the Patriots um, in in the NFL. They've regularly scored almost 30 points per game in this last little run that they have had. He has been absolutely phenomenal um, in that time, you know, but not having to do much. And I think that that's the concern that everybody has is how much does Drew Brees need to score? Well, he doesn't really need to score that much um, because this rushing offense is so elite, Um, you know, and that's the concern that you have here is, is you have an elite quarterback but you don't necessarily have him in an um in an elite situ you know an elite situation for fantasy production okay he only scored two games i mean he has two games at home this year where he has 11 fantasy points and they won both of those games you know i mean new orleans is uh, just taking every advantage you know they have every advantage, excuse me, over this Redskins defense that's kind of falling apart. I mean, you know, we see Minnesota come in there and just shred them. Um, if you have a defense, an offensive line, I think against this this Redskins team, you know, they're they're going to struggle. If you can't put pressure on the quarterback, they're they're going to struggle. They got kind of revealed yesterday, especially if you can run the ball. If you can run the ball against them, you're you're definitely going to struggle. Um. The only thing that I would say, you know, Breeze is priced very similarly to, um, you know, very similarly to to a lot of these guys out here. Um, not quite like Brady. I mean, he's 8-1 on FanDuel, 6-8 on DraftKings, which is good. I mean, that's a good price. But, you know, in a, is, he be, is it a better situation than Alex Smith? Not really. Um, you know, we've seen Alex Smith and that team rely on on the passing game. Um, but I do like, I, I, I do like him here. I'm not going to, you know, try to try to talk myself out of it. I think the thing that you like is Kirk Cousins on the opposite side. And I think Kirk Cousins is interesting. I mean, at 6-1 against New Orleans, 
the issue is is that the New Orleans are Saints are a top five defense, you know, and 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 Cousins has been good. Cousins is especially good in comeback mode, and he can put pressure on your on your defense, no doubt about it. I mean, he you know he deserves some credit, and he will be playing from behind on the road here. If you get Jordan Reed back, I think you give Cousins a little bit of boom bump. You know, finally, he's going to have kind of, he's going to have Doxson, an emerging Doxson. He's going to have Jordan Reed. He'll probably have Vern out there. They'll probably run some two tight end sets. Chris Thompson is healthy. You don't have Rob Kelly, but it's kind of like, well, you never really had a running offense anyway. I mean, you don't, and, and, and New Orleans has proved you really can't run the ball on them. So I don't mind Cousins. I think if Cousins puts some pressure on this game, then you really, you have something to really like in Breeze, but you have to kind of project Cousins in order to project Breeze. You see what I mean? Carr versus New England. Derek Carr versus New England is very, very interesting to me. 8K on FanDuel, 7K on DraftKings. You know, the Pats, they've limited the scoring, okay? And and then that's the one metric that I think is resent, re- representative of what their offense has, or this defense has been able to do. Limit scoring in the red zone. Um, but the, the, the in fairness, I mean, this is... This is the best offense that the, that New England has faced in weeks. I mean, this is the number four ranked offense in DVOA. I think people don't really realize how, even though Oakland has struggled, they've been effective. Um, and part of that is is just the ability to create yardage. I mean, they've been putting up a whole lot of yards. I really do like Derek Carr playing from behind. I like him at home. Um, you know, he's not been very good against pressure, but he also is one of the best offensive lines in the league and and the Patriots only have a six, a 4.6% sack rate. That's bottom, you know, bottom five in the league. They really don't have a sack rate. So, you know, you don't really have a scrambler. It's not like Russell Wilson here where you have a guy who's going to scramble, scramble, scramble and create, you know, massive plays just because of disor, you know, kind of teams not knowing how to react or respond to him. That's not really a car. He's a pocket passer. He's not really going to move around here. The Pats have allowed an average of 21 points to the quarterback, you know, because they allow you to move the ball. I mean, they they allow passing yardage. They allow five yards per carry. They allow eight, almost eight yards per reception. I mean, that's 31 and 30, 32 and 31, respectively, in, in, in league ranks. So you're going to see the Raiders move the ball. I think that that you feel comfortable saying that they are going to be able to put up some yardage. Will they put up points? Will those turn into touchdowns? I don't know. You do know they're going to be a negative game script. That's for sure. The question is, is is he a better investment than Tom Brady? And the reality is maybe he's not. And is he a better investment than Alex Smith? Maybe he's not. You know, the reason that you go to Alex Smith here is, is that you know that the Giants are allowing more touchdowns. You know, that's why. If you want to spend down, you want to be different, I think there are a couple names that you could go to. As much as I love this... I love the recent performances of Case Keenum and Jared Goff. I just don't know. I mean, it's just crazy. Case Keenum is still only 5-1 on DraftKings. Now, it's a terrible matchup with, with you know, the Rams. The Rams have been good, but that's just so cheap for, the like, the, one of the highest totals of the week. That's crazy. I think that that's a good spot to go to be different. Um, I think Kirk is interesting in a, in a way to, to, to be different there. I already talked about him a little bit. Um you know, but I think that this this Tampa Bay Miami game is very very interesting. Let's talk about Jay, and we'll talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, Jay is is sixty six hundred and fifty four uh, on on DraftKings. Solid opportunity to kind of build a little bit of the momentum that he's had. I mean, he had Oakland 
Um, you know, and he had a nice game against Oakland. It's a bad defense, and he, he was at home. You know, he had a good defense in Carolina. He still put up two touchdowns, one interception. But, um, you know, solid 75% adjusted completion rate. Um, and he's been good on short and intermediate stuff. He's been terrible on the deep stuff. But the Bucks, um, you know, a good matchup for the quarterback, allowing 18 points per game, similar number numbers to Oakland, right? Like I said, you're very similar defensive style to Oakland. They're going to allow you to complete passes. And that, I think, is the upside here, is that Jay will be able to sit in the pocket. Team has no pass rush. He'll be able to sit in the pocket, make completions, short, intermediate routes, get some plays together. Landry should have a nice advantage. Parker has a nice advantage. You know, Jay, Jay not under pressure is in a good spot. That's what you like. Um, you know, he had 24 points in that 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 Oakland game. So that that's not bad. I mean, he's been throwing the ball more, 37, 42 attempts in the last couple. You know, we have a running game that, you know, kind of well we have a team that you know has been playing from behind for for a lot of the year and they're not necessarily a run first team they feel comfortable throwing the ball so you don't really worry about necessarily game script affecting him in this way but this is the lowest scoring offense in the nfl i mean literally the the dolphins are the lowest scoring offense in the nfl so that that that's a contrarian move for me i think i you can't go to jay even with the value unless you really feel like then you you get the ability to stack up you know, some really sweet high-priced assets, which we don't have this week. Like, you don't have to pay up for a million and one high-priced assets in this game, um, you know, or across the board this week. So it's kind of a, a kind of a concern. Um, but I do think it's a decent spot for Jay. I think, I think you can project him for like 16 to 19 points. I think that's a number I feel comfortable. Maybe 15 to 18, somewhere in there. You know, maybe two passing touchdowns. Maybe a, uh, an interception, two hundred some odd yards. It just you can't really. This game has one of the lower totals on the week for a reason. You have bad quarterback play, um, and and so that that's where you worry about. On the opposite side, Fitzpatrick. I mean, Fitzmagic, the boy who lived. Um, you know, versus Miami. This is great. I mean, this is an even better matchup than last week. The Jets have, you know for all intents and purposes, been a pretty solid defense. Well, as the Miami has been terrible. I mean, we saw Cam shred them. We saw Derek Carr shred them. I mean, they, you know, Miami game has been a get back on track spot for a lot of teams. So Fitzmagic 6,400 on FanDuel, 53 on DraftKings. I mean, his completion rate has been a problem and he's inaccurate. He's had a, like almost 50% completion rate. He can't get over the 60% mark. If you're going to be inaccurate, you're going to throw interceptions. You know, you, you, that's kind of been his MO in the last two years is it's like, you want to be a gunslinger, but you're just making shitty passes. That's not really going to work. However, Miami is, you know, allowing one of the highest completion rates to the quarterback, 70% compared to the jets, 62%. The jets are top 15 in the league. And, you know, um, limiting passers and passer rating and in, in, in completion rate. I mean, they're not very good in DVOA and success rate, but they, or excuse me, they're, yeah, they're not very good in that metric, but they've been pretty good in kind of the counting stats metric of completion rate. So, um, you know, the other thing you like about Miami here is they allow some of the most touchdowns in the league, an average of three touchdowns allowed per game because they allow the highest red zone scoring rate. So if you get this team into the red zone, you know, which which Fitzpatrick did a couple times last week. I mean, he was knocking on the door a couple times in the first half, and then they, um, you know, they they just screwed up a lot of opportunities. I mean, he had an interception on the thirty yard line. He had, you know, um, 
and a defense that's just much better, I think. Highest red zone scoring rate, very appealing to me. You know, you get Fitzmagic in the in the end in the red zone, and you allow him to take some shots at the end zone. Mike Evans is back. You have a big target there who has a massive advantage in his matchup. So I, I think that you you have a good way to say, hey, everybody went went to him last week. Why don't we go back this week? You know, be contrarian. Take advantage of, you know, J who is it, JM to win, um, Roto Grinders writer. Um he did phenomenal work. I mean, he I, I listened to his work on the weekends, and he wrote an article. Um, it was about a, it was his DFS report, um, and he just kept the 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 subheader for three different items that he was writing about was recency bias is king, recency bias is king, recency bias is king. It's so true. I mean, recency bias tells you that Ryan Fitzpatrick was such a letdown. Oh no. Well, okay, you go back to him. Right. I mean, recency bias tells you um, that I don't know that the that the 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 Mark Ingram will score three touchdowns again. Well, will he? Um, you know that kind of those those kinds of questions are difficult. Um, you know to answer. So you you, you got to take advantage of it. We were talking about it earlier in the season, and this is one of those spots to be a little bit different. And you know, maybe say this is the week where this game stack works out. It wasn't last week. It's this week. Um, Blaine Gabbert versus Houston. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, he's just ridiculously cheap. You don't get cheaper than that. Um, I think he is, is he min price? He, he might be. Um, hold on. I'm trying to find it here. Blaine Gabbert. You got to go to the second page. Blaine, Blaine Gabbard. By the way, Peterman is 4-7 on DraftKings and 6K on FanDuel. So Gabbard is 6K on FanDuel and 4-9 on DK. I mean, and that's just a ridiculously cheap price. Now, it's very hard to project, project what he's going to do. I have no idea what Blaine Gabbard is going to do. But, you know, listen, he was an NFL quarterback last year, um, you know, and Houston allows tons of production in the passing game. I mean, Jared Goff, he's no Jared Goff. Let's be clear about that. But um, 27th in pass yards allowed, 30th in, in yards per pass. They are, you know, 30th in, in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver. We've seen quarterbacks do work against them. Gabbard's good and mean fine. He's, he's you know, he's much he's much more of a future option for the Cardinals than, than fucking Drew Stanton, you know. Um, it's just, you know, what is Gabbard going to do? Is he going to pepper Larry Fitzgerald fingers crossed or is, you know, that not going to work out? I I have no idea how to necessarily project him. And I haven't researched this 2016 stuff. I'm sorry. I didn't want to go back and do 2016 Blaine Gabbard research so that I could pay for a min price quarterback. Just not that interested. I can give you a couple references if you're interested, but um, I, I'm going to go ahead and save that uh, 90 minutes of my life for, I don't know, something else like um, unloading the dishwasher and then reloading it and then unloading it again um, because that's probably more interesting than trying to figure out what, what Blaine Gabbert did last year. Uh, let's go into the running backs, and I hate unloading the dishwasher. My worst, my least favorite job. It's up there with folding laundry. Folding laundry is not as bad as unloading the dishwasher. But unloading the dishwasher is my fucking, like, kryptonite. I hate it. Like, I will eye roll like I am 13 years old again when the dishwasher is done with its cycle. And I realize that it's, like, 
it it has to be unloaded. Oh my god, kill me. Um. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Running back, you've got some some nice options at the top of the slate. Obviously, you got Todd Gurley. High total on the road, however. Okay, high. You know, but we don't have you know Lev Bell uh, or anything. You know, and you have Leonard Fournette, and you go, okay, well Leonard Fournette, there's a great quarterback or running back option. Well. Cleveland is a terrible rush matchup. He only played 50% of snaps last week. I don't trust Doug Marone. It's going to be kind of cold. I mean, they're going to want to run the ball anyway, but the, 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 we haven't seen running backs. I mean, he could, he could definitely knock one in on the goal line. No doubt about it. I just don't necessarily know if I want to pay for 9,300 for a running back whose snap rate is going down and has a terrible matchup against one of the better rush defenses in the league. And he's in the doghouse. Like, I don't really, that doesn't really set up as, like, a safe situation in my mind. Gurley's price is really nice, given the total, given game script, given the fact that he won't come off the field. I think that A7 is reasonable. I think it's a great spot to just say, trust the volume. That's kind of the problem, is is the one issue is the matchup here is nobody is better against the run than Minnesota. I mean, literally, there was, I, I can't even remember, I think it was, like, through week 10, they had not yet allowed a rushing touchdown. Um, so this, this rush defense is, is, is something else. And he's on the road here. Um, you know, I, I, the volume is nice. He will have to play the fourth quarter in this game cause it'll be competitive, but could you see this game be a lot more low scoring than what these two teams have done in the last couple matchups? It's possible. It's very possible. So, um, I think you go to Kareem Hunt and Kareem Hunt will be an easy one. People will feel really comfortable with Kareem Hunt, eight, six on FD, eight K on DK, um, you know, the question you have about Hunt is, is he worth, is he worth the investment, um, based on the fact that we haven't seen him score a touchdown since September? That's the real worry that you have here. I mean, he has the highest broken, this guy's the talent cannot be doubted. It's just the volume that he has not gotten recently is a problem. Highest broken tackle rate in the NFL, third-ranked offense matching up with the 28th-ranked defense. This is a phenomenal spot for Smith. It's a phenomenal spot for everybody. I mean, all of them. No team is allowing more fantasy points um, than the Giants. Uh, they're allowing 132 rush yards per game and over four yards per carry. The interior linemen of of uh, Mitch Morse and uh, Laverna Duvernay-Tardif. Yeesh, hard to say that one. Um, they were back, they were back and healthy for the Cowboys game, but they struggled there and negative game script. Kareem Hunt didn't even get the ball. I mean, we, we, we saw when it was his season low in touches. Um, the one thing I did do was listen, I looked at what did Andy Reed do with the rushing game out of the bye last year and the year before. And it's, it's guys, it's good news. Okay. Really good news. Spencer Ware last year, 131 on the ground in a touch. Sharknado in 2015, two touchdowns, 80 yards on the ground and 80 yards through the air. He had one receiving, one rushing touchdown. Now, is that predictive? No, it's not predictive at all. It's just maybe the fact that Andy Reid is going to put his team in a really, really good situation, positive game script for the first time in a while for Hunt. He should be able to Carry the ball to victory. But then again, you know, who knows? I mean, Andy Reid is a weirdo, and he does stuff that you don't expect. Um, So that's, I think, but I think that's overthinking it. You're overanalyzing if you don't think that a running back in the best matchup, best fantasy matchup for uh, offense 
is not going to, you know, and one of the best offenses in the league is not going to be productive. There's just no reason to overthink it. He's going to be highly owning cash. You can hold, you know, hold Kareem Hunt in there and feel good about it. Now, Mark Ingram is the other guy. Listen, chase it straight down the street, man. Three rushing touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Uh, my season-long teams are just fucking crushing right now because I have so much Mark Ingram. But um, I don't know if it'll make a difference anyway. Uh, <laughs> a lot of early season injuries. Um, we should chase a three-touchdown you know, guy in the best offense in the NFC who's a home favorite with nearly 30-point total against a team that just gave up 100, 100 rushing yards and a touchdown to Latavius Murray. Uh, behind an offensive line that isn't nearly as good as the Saints. I mean, that's the thing we continuously forget is this Saints offensive line is just dominant, absolutely filthy, five yards per carry for him and Kamara, no doubt about it. They are good. Third, and and, and here's the one of my favorite things. Washington is 31st in red zone rushing success rate. They've allowed six touchdowns. They are one of the highest success rates in the NFL. Yikes. I mean, eh. I don't know. I mean, you can't call it a lock for a touchdown, but the Kamara effect is the problem. But he does – Ingram still has 66% of the team's carries inside the five. He has just as many rush touchdowns inside the red zone as Todd Gurley. You're getting him at a discount over Gurley in a much better matchup. He's not going to catch the ball, which I think limits his appeal on DraftKings. I think that that's fair if you want to say, well, he doesn't catch any balls anymore. He doesn't. I mean, he really doesn't. He hasn't caught any really passes, a lot of passing work in – in some time because they have, they have, you know, um, Camara there and he's, you know, so useful. Um, you know, and Camara has been a phenomenal. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't seen, he saw five, the last time he saw targets was the bears game, um, which was competitive. Um, but in the bucks in the bills game, they didn't really even have to pass it to him. Um, but God, I mean, the dude, since the lions game, has not had less than four yards per attempt. In fact, less than 4.2 yards per attempt. The Bears got to him the best. Um, it just five rushing touchdowns in five rushing touchdowns in 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 the last four weeks. You know, I mean, he's he's an animal, and 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 the reality is is that this matchup with the, with the Redskins is is a very good one. It's, you know, let's not overanalyze this. It's, it's a, it's a good one. They are, you know, could they buckle down and, and try to limit the, um, limit the, limit the rushing efficiency? Yes, yes, they could. Um, but they are still, uh, I know that's their offensive line metrics. They are still ranking, they're ranking 12th to the rush right now in DVOA. However, in AFPA, they are ranking you know, they're ranking 13th. So it grades out very similarly for them. Okay, it grades out very, very similarly to, for, for them. Um, you know, and, oh, no, that's, that's quarterback. Sorry. They're grading out as 8th in AFPA to, to – so, you know, it's – is it, it – could it be a similar situation to the, the Bucks game? Yeah, it could be. Um, and if you want to be contrarian and you want to just say, you know what, I'm going to go with Kamara here. I think that that's fine, but you have a home favorite against a struggling rush defense at home. I mean, it's just, there's a lot to like here. Um, there's a lot to like here. So, uh, don't overanalyze it too much. Um, trends tell us that he's good for a touchdown here. Melvin Gordon is a, 
real piece of work. Let's. <laughs> it is really, really hard to know what the fuck to do with Melvin Gordon in this one. If Austin Eckler did not exist, or if Austin Eckler magically rolled his ankle walking down the stairs at the Chargers practice facility this weekend, and he was okay, but maybe he wasn't going to play, I would be forever grateful. <laughs> Because it's literally, this is a smash spot. Graham Barfield tweeted this out. As a home favorite, he's averaged 100 in total, 119 total yards for scrimmage on 24 total opportunities. He's got a phenomenal matchup against Buffalo, literally her 31st in AFPA. Uh, you know, the problem is that his offensive line combined with him, they're bad. I mean, it's 29th in, in, in run blocking, uh, or 19th in run blocking. Uh, this is, you know... This is this is an inefficient unit. They've been really good in pass defense, but they have not been an efficient rushing offense, and that is frustrating. Um, and and Buffalo on the road, all that kind of stuff. You know, he's another. He's a home favorite. You love that. You know, he's going to get almost seventy percent of snaps. The problem is, is that Eckler is lingering. Okay, but, but wait, sorry. Before before I go to Eckler. Okay, the comps for for Ingram or for Gordon this season are the Giants, the Patriots, and the Rams. Those are the plus rushing matchup rushing matchups that he has had. He had thirty points, thirty points, and twenty points in those. In plus rushing matchups, Gordon seems to have a nose for the end zone. Okay, he's also able to get the you know the receiving work, and that's where he really does his damage. Like he's a very good receiving back. He's not very good between the tackles. And so, you know, if he gets those six, seven targets in addition to, you know, 15 carries, then you're like, totally fine. I don't mind that. Um, The issue is Eckler. And the Eckler thing is really, really tilting. I mean, he has, he was so good last, he's been so good. He's been um, season high in production, snaps, touches last week everything. He's been far more efficient. He's gaining almost five yards per carry. He has a much higher success rate on first and second down, according to Warren Sharp. I saw it. Does the workload continue to go more towards 50-50? Are we getting a Camara and Ingram effect where Gordon is not as good as, as Ingram? And, and, you know, this offensive line is not an automatic. I mean, you have the best offensive line from a rushing perspective in New Orleans, um, or one of them, eh, just really, really hard to know. Um, really, really hard to know. I think if you want to pivot down, I don't mind it. I, you know, you have this kind of dead area of volume backs. Camara is very interesting at seven five, especially um, on especially on DK. I think you could very comfortably say, yeah, I'm going to play Alvin Camara. Like, there's no reason to doubt that he's going to get fifteen tu- fifteen touches. He's got a great matchup. He's at home. You almost feel safer with Camara just because you know that um, you know he's he's the probably the lower owned of the two. Maybe not on DK, but he's definitely the lower owned of the two on FanDuel. Um, and I, I think it's it's kind of you know he's cheaper. He's not as much of an investment. You you allow yourself seven hundred dollars to spend somewhere else, which is huge. Um, you know, it just you don't have the bell cow work there. I mean, you have how many opportunities? You know, you, you have, you, God, and then you look 
at his workload. It's insane. I mean, he has 15 plus opportunities in his last two games. Um, you had, he had 106 rushing yards against Buffalo. He's been even more efficient from a, a yards per carry standpoint, because you have to account for the pass down with him. He's such a threat. It's terrifying. I think you could definitely go with Kamara on either platform very comfortably. Now, you go and you get into this dead area where you don't really want to do anything. You got guys like Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi. They say he's going to get more touches, but Dallas's rush defense, how good is it? Will he get all the touches? How many is more touches? Doug Peterson is a liar. Um, <laughs> you know, you have Chris Thompson, negative game script. New Orleans allows receiving yards. I think that's an interesting DraftKings play in tournaments. Um, you know, Latavius Murray is too cheap on 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 DraftKings. He's 4K, but he's never caught a football in his life. So you really can't you could play him on FanDuel, but he's pretty well priced on FanDuel. And you get down here and you got, you know, Doug Martin. Oh, I don't want to do that. CJ Anderson mm, hasn't been getting the workload. It's not until you really get below the 6K price range where you start to see some things that maybe interest you. And I think it starts at 5-9 with Marshawn. And, and, and Marshawn, listen, you're not going to get more than 15 carries. I've been talking about this. You're not going to get more than 15 carries. But you will get the goal line work. And if they have a goal line rushing opportunity, then Marshawn is going to be the guy. And, you know, I mean, which team would you think that Marshawn would rather smash in the mouth when you hit a motherfucker in his face, you ain't got no problems no more? Um, I think that's the quote. I, I may have misquoted him there. I apologize for that journalistic failure. Um, but listen, I mean, he this 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 defensive line allows four point eight yards per carry. They almost five adjusted. That's adjusted line yards, but they've almost five just straight up yards per carry. Even the backs in Miami were effective against them. I don't love the game script, but if the goal line work happens, it's going to happen. And, you know, maybe it happens twice and he smashes the motherfucker in the mouth. You run him over. You ain't have no problems no more. On the Pats side, it's really interesting because none of these guys are more than 6K. Not one of them. Burkhead and Lewis are both 5'7", and then 4'4", and 4'5", on DK, which, like, give me a break. Like, pick one and get him in your flex. No doubt about it. You got to love that spot. Um, I like that spot. I think it's a really, really good one. Um, you know, and you, you, you have this situation where they are both getting about 15 opportunities per game. And Lewis is going to get, Lewis is going to get the rushing work. And uh, Burkhead will probably get, you know, nine carries, four or five targets. And this offense is so productive that you could easily pay off the value. The question is that 30% snap rate that goes to Lewis, the 30% snap rate that goes to Burkhead, and then the 30% snap rate that goes to James White, who scores the touchdown? You know, Belichick is going to keep us guessing, and it's really, really hard to decipher that. If I had to go with anyone, I'm going with Dion. I think Dion has the most explosive rushing ability, and in positive game script, Dion will be the guy that they lean on. 
Um, I think on FanDuel, you can, or excuse me, on DK, you could definitely go to Burkhead knowing that he has the ability to catch the ball. But I mean, we treat Deion Lewis like he's not going to catch the ball. This isn't like Garrett Blunt. This isn't Jordan Howard. Like this guy is in a phenomenal receiving back as well. And if he gets into, you know, is on the field for a two minute drill and Brady's audibling, then Deion Lewis is going to catch balls. Like he's still got targets like in that little range in October. He was getting five targets a game. It's not like this guy can't catch the football. I think that's the thing you have to forget. He's also probably going to get goal line work because Gillisley is inactive, which, like, God, what happened there? Three touchdowns on opening night. I took my victory lap, and then I just slowly, slowly hobbled to the floor around that track. Victory lap, you know, I don't know. Um, the other option is Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is going to be the only back in Green Bay. He's going to get volume. I mean, he got 20 touches last week against Chicago, but, you know, you're in Baltimore. Baltimore's defense is very good, and I don't really think that they're going to allow much production to this offense, period. Um, You know, other than that, I mean, we know Alex Collins is going to be the lead dog versus Green Bay, but we thought that Jordan Howard was in a good spot. That's not – that didn't happen. Um, You know, there's – there's just not a ton to love um, as far as, you know, feeling feeling like you have a positive grip on on what things are. Now, you know, it's it's tough. It, it, it is. I think I think you you stick towards the top of the slate and you stay with the guys that you trust in cash games and you trust the volume. And there's really no volume that's better on this slate than Gurley, Hunt, Ingram, Gordon and Kamara. I mean, Howard and Ajayi are a close second there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Moving on to the wide receiver. This is this is also a, a complicated space. Okay, this is this is this is a complicated space this week. And you're gonna have to just plant your flag on some guys. And the thing that I think that one of the things that I, you know, I would encourage you guys to do as we get later into the season. People are tilting more and more, okay? They're just, they're tilting out of their minds because things have gone well in certain spots and things have gone poorly in other spots and, you know, chalk has hit and then chalk busts and, you know, you're one playoff. I mean, I was one playoff last week from from being perfectly fine. Um, and instead I was, you know, getting, getting I got destroyed. Um, that's that fits magic for you. Um, <laughs> fucking A. Fitzpatrick um I think when it comes to wide receivers you really I mean you don't have you have Michael Thomas he's the the highest priced option so let's talk about him Norman won't shadow him they haven't all year he moves around the field I saw this tweet from um I saw a tweet from uh, Adam Levitan I believe it was Adam Levitan um or is Peter Jennings I'm not really sure he's moved into the slot um 20% 20% of the time and out of the slot, he has gotten almost 50% of his targets there. Um, Breeze loves him moving out of the slot. They don't move these corners around. So he's going to line up in the slot. He's going to be productive there. We've seen him start to get this elite, elite market share. Even on the outside, Breland is not that great. I mean, he's grading as a 40, 47 via PFF. Thomas is now second to only uh, Antonio Brown in the market share of air yards. He's tied with A.J. Green. He has 
He has a 41% of his team's air yards versus 40% to DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he should be treated this way. Like, he belongs in this category because he's also on the best offense in, in football or the best offense in the NFC. So you got to love the, you know, the, the best wide receiver on the second best offense who is now getting more and more targets on a regular basis. And we saw, I mean, the, this, this Washington defense is good, but they're not perfect. Um, they're not perfect. So I think you could, you could certainly see a decent game from Michael Thomas, but Mike Evans is too inexpensive. I mean, he's, he's seven, eight. I mean, by the way, Michael Thomas, at seven, four on DK. It's pricey, but it's not that pricey. <laughs> it's not that pricey. Uh, he's less expensive than, than Mike Evans. And, and, and that really doesn't make a lot of sense, but Mike Evans, seven, eight on FanDuel. I think he's a better value seven, nine on DK. I mean, we talked about the red zone success that you have against Miami, Mike Evans, that big target, we know Fitz, Fitz hit him in the red, Fitz hit him for a, a touchdown in Arizona. Now that's really the only spot that we have to compare because he didn't really do anything in the New Orleans game. Um, he's had two weeks off. He apologized to the media. Media. He called, called himself a bonehead. He said, "You know, I got to compete, but I got to be smart." All the right stuff. You know, clearly, probably back on Dirk Cutter's good side here. Smash matchup. I mean, you know, it, the hard part is is how many targets is he going to get. You have to think Fitz is going to be able to find him. Fitz, you know, Fitz knows how to find Brandon Marshall. He's going to look towards Mike Evans, the biggest target on this team. He has a great matchup with Xavier Howard. He's got 40 pounds on this dude. 40 pounds and three inches. I mean, give me a break. Miami ranks 27th to 31 in DVOA to the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two. You could definitely see Mike Evans soak up his standard 10 targets, possibly get a touchdown in the red zone. You would love that. That I would really, really like. That would... uh that would make Fitzpatrick's life easier for sure, no doubt about it. And this dude, Bucks offensive line is good. I mean, we don't really have to worry about the pass rush here because Miami does have a decent pass rush, but the Bucks offensive line has been solid. I mean, they're healthy still. Um, you know, they're above average in in in, in pass blocking. They're they're 11th ranked uh, pass blocking team, so they're very solid. They're very very solid. You don't really have to worry about the. Um, you don't really have to worry about them struggling at the at the point of attack there. So, um, you know, I like that. I, I, I like that. Um, no doubt about it. Um, wow. By the way, Green Bay just moved up in to number three in offensive line rank as far as um, as far as adjusted line yards. That's interesting. It makes Jamal Williams a more an interesting contrarian option. Um, and Cleveland's rush offense still looking solid here too. Um, well, from an, a line standpoint, all is to say, and better than the freaking Chargers who are 29th. I said 19th, didn't I? I'm in 29th. It's bad. It's hashtag bad. Not good. Um, anyway, all right. Sorry. Um. Moving on. Okay, so now you get into this kind of low 7K tier, and there's just a ton. There is a ton. If you can find a way to give yourself seven, uh, seven, seven on FanDuel or over over seven K or at seven K on DraftKings, that price point for two of your wide receivers, I think you're in a good spot because you move down and you go down into this tier where you have Adam Thielen and Brandon Cooks both at seven seven, lead receivers on their team, phenomenal uh, production of late. 
Then you go down and you get a guy like Tyreek Hill at 7-6 and Stephen Diggs and Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, who are all in really, really good matchups. And then you drop even lower and you have a guy like Alshon Jeffrey at 7K. I mean, that's really, really, really a good spot for him. No doubt about it. And Larry Fitzgerald at 6-9. So you have you have some really, really nice price points in this range. The question is, is, is it, is it worth paying for them? Because there's, it's, it's, it, some of them are really hard to project. So let's talk through it all here. Okay. Steph Diggs, Adam Thielen, right? The advantage is difficult to decipher, but the last two offenses that were pass driven, that faced, um, the Rams were, were New, New York and Seattle. Out of the slot where Thielen is going to be, Doug, uh, Doug Baldwin, Sterling Shepard, decent games, not a lot. You know, five receptions, uh, 50 yards-ish, no touchdowns there. But they're not quite the same profile receiver. They're a little bit more traditional uh, receiver, slot receivers, whereas Thielen has, you know, third overall in PPR scoring. He has 38% of his team's air yards and 30% of his team's targets. Like, he is an, an animal. Um, as far as just the deep stuff, average depth of target over 10 yards. That's not something that I think Doug Baldwin had, at least not in the week six matchup when they had him. Um, you know, he, he is above all of these guys. You know, he is, he's like I said, he's third in PPR scoring. He's one of the best fantasy wide receivers that there is. He's going to run on Roby Coleman, who is good. And I was reading on fantasy labs, an article by Ian Harris today, who said, you know, over the top, the safety coverage is going to be a problem. Um, but it is a plus matchup, according to the PFF grade. Diggs also has a plus matchup, though. Um, Tremaine Johnson has has been imperfect, to, to, to say the least. He's got a bad PFF grade. He's allowed big production to certain wide receivers. Um, but this unit as a whole is very, very good. And I think that that is because of their pass rush. Their pass rush is phenomenal. Um you know, they, they, they have one of the better pass rushes in the league, and that's why they're able to force such a low completion rate, which is why they have such an efficient efficient pass defense, because they force a low completion rate, they get to the quarterback, they, you know, pin their ears back, and they get to the quarterback. Minnesota's offensive line, solid, you know. Um, they are, they're definitely good. They have been, you know, number two in pass production, pass protection here, 2.9 a percent adjusted sack rate certainly playing extremely well you like to see that um you know and 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 that's something that I think that you can't be overstated like if if Case Keenum has time to let these guys develop these routes someone's going to score like they this is the this is the identity of that offense but you're going up against a a a a pass rush that has 28 sacks on the year eight percent adjusted sack rate that's top 10 in the league so you don't really love you don't love that for Keenum, but you do love the way that they've been producing. I think one of them is going to score a touchdown. The question is who, um, you know. And I think it's hard. I probably would go with Diggs if I had to. If I had if I had to go with, I would probably go with Diggs. But there's a couple guys I like even more at that price range. Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill is in a smash matchup right here. He is in one of the most easy-to-project matchups. 7-6 on Fandle, 7-1 on DraftKings. You know, you have the issue that he is a high-variance receiver. No doubt about it, okay? But this team has been terrible against the deep ball. He's going to get Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins is not that great. He doesn't allow a total lot of yardage. 
and the, the Giants' pass rush is not that good. So he's going to move around the formation, and unless Jenkins sails out to stay with him the whole time and he ends up getting, like, an Eli Apple, uh, it's over. I mean, Eli Apple is allowed .35 fantasy points per route. And, you know, Jenkins is 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 good. He's not great. Um, he, he's been getting blown up this year, and I think that's partially just because he doesn't really care. Um, so Tyreek over the top, he could be a very, very nice GPP play. I don't really know that you can go to him in cash, but he is the number one receiving option behind Kelsey on this offense. So, um, you got to think that, that, you know, they're going to script something up to try and get him the ball deep. It's just whether or not he converts, um, cooks, Brandon cooks right there as well versus Oakland. Um, Brandon Cooks is seven seven on FanDuel, seven one on DraftKings, and we'll see exact same price, uh, you know, as as Adam Thielen and and this is why I was saying, you know, this is this is kind of where you need to be for a couple of these receivers, Adam Thielen and Tyreek Hill. So, you know, um, you you like this? The Raiders secondary is the worst in the NFL against the deep ball. I mean, Cooks could just crack this whole thing wide open. Uh, he has a pretty clear 10-point floor on DK in the last couple weeks. Eight targets per game in the last three. Um, he leads the team in air yards, especially without Chris Hogan there. Um, there's no threat to his air yards or his deep work. Um, we saw, you know, this is the this is the best passing matchup that he has had against the secondary since really that game against Houston. I mean, Houston is a similarly terrible secondary. And and he smashed. I mean, two touchdowns in that game. Now, of course, one of them was that late, you know, scramble touchdown, a kind of fluky garbage time. But well, not garbage time, but like comeback time. And Houston put a ton of pressure on the Patriots' offense. I mean, Brady threw five touchdowns. What you worry about is if Brady only has to throw for two touchdowns and they run for two touchdowns, then how many of those touchdowns go to Cooks versus a running back or a tight end? I mean, there's just so many mouths to feed that you don't necessarily you're not guaranteed the Cooks touchdown because he's not really a red zone target necessarily. Chris Hogan would be more interesting if he was playing, but I don't think he's going to play. And then on the opposite side of the ball, you have Crabtree and Cooper. Crabtree and Cooper, very, very reasonably priced. Michael Crabtree, 7.563 on DK. That's just, I love that price. That's a that is almost a lock button price for me for Michael Crabtree in this matchup on DraftKings. Amari Cooper seven three and six four. I would definitely go with uh, Crabtree over Cooper just from a volume perspective. You know, I think you allow them they allow more completions. They're going to see a ton of passing work, and I think in that situation it probably lends itself more towards Crabtree getting the volume. He's more reliable in crunch time. I I just like him more. Um, on the surface, the Pats D is bad. Tons of completions, tons of yards, tons of receptions, low sack rate, but they've been phenomenal in the red zone, and I said that. They've only allowed 50% of the trips to the red zone to end in a touchdown, and in the last three weeks, they nobody scored more than more than um, two touchdowns on them. That That's it. Um, you know, the, the that's what you worry about. They've shut down some productive duos. They shut down Evans and they shut down Evans and D-Jax. They shut down, um, you know, Atlanta. They shut down, you know, but they allowed they allowed some receiving touchdowns to those guys, you know. So you saw the receiving. We saw the receiving touchdown from Julio. I mean, Julio, even though it was a it was a it was a you know it was a a rough outing in general for the Falcons. Julio had that touchdown and and had a productive fantasy game. So you have to think that there's something there. We also saw last week Emmanuel Sanders in negative game script crush. I mean, he had over his, his highest receiving numbers on the year, over 100 yards receiving on multiple targets. So even with a bad quarterback, 
you know, you have to like the fact that Osweiler was able to get the ball to Sanders so easily. And I think that that kind of makes me feel good about Cooper and Crabtree. The Pats corners grade well. Um, You know, I think that that can be deceiving, though, because, I mean, you see the Pats corners grade well as far as PFF grades go. Okay, great. But as far as DVOA goes and other metrics measurables, this team is not very good. So it's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison and the Rams are the opposite, right? So it's not always a perfect, perfect situation. The thing that we do know is that this unit is playing better. And a lot of that has to do with improved play of their secondary. So, you know, you like Cooper and Crabtree because they're both getting over seven targets per game. uh, And those numbers, you know, have gone up in recent weeks with increased passing volume from Carr. He's thrown for over 300 yards in his last three weeks. We know that. Um, they're going to be playing from behind. We know that it's just, you worry about the touchdown upside. Belichick is very, very crafty. Um, and, and you, it's just, it's hard to, it's another one that's hard to project, right? It's hard to project. So I think if I think Cooper and Cooper on, on FanDuel is nice at seven, three, that's a nice price. Um, but I don't like the drops, especially in cash. I think Crabtree on DraftKings is is really, really a nice value at 6-3 in what should be a negative game script. Parker and Landry, these guys are really nicely priced for, for their matchup. This is something you feel a little bit more comfortable with. You're less threatened with the Bucks. The Bucks have been giving it up to the running or excuse me, to the receiver very consistently. We know that Miami is throwing the ball. The volume is consistent. Landry 6-8 on FanDuel, 6-4 on DraftKings. That's a nice price for Landry on DK, especially with the volume. He doesn't have he the thing is is he has the catch volume and the touchdown upside. Jay loves going to him in the red zone. What he doesn't have is any sort of ability to stretch the field. Whereas Parker for his price is a much better play. And he's more expensive on DraftKings. And I like his price on FanDuel at 6-2. I think that that's a guy that I will probably look towards just because I think it's an aggressive, I think it's a nice price. We've seen him regularly get about six receptions, eight targets, 70 plus yards, you know, kind of a, like an early season Michael Thomas line, but this could be the game where they really start to cook. I mean, he said two games with Jay now and, you know, that first game back, um, you know, against, against the, the Raiders start to establish a little bit of rhythm. Fine. Okay. Um, and then you have him again in negative game script against Carolina, and he does the same thing, much better pass defense. And now you have a really bad pass defense in Tampa Bay. So you got to kind of like that you're establishing a little bit more of a connection. You could see some extra targets for 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 Parker here, and I think he's in a good spot, um, especially with his size advantage over the Bucks secondary, which is which is really really small. Um, you know, I think the thing about Landry is is that. He has ten target upside, and 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 he scored touchdowns. I mean, it, that's that's the hard part is is that he has no he has no vertical upside on on, uh, on this team, but he has a <clears throat> he's got a pretty clear floor with Jay. He's had twelve uh, he had twelve points in both of the games when Jay was back. He had ten targets in that in that game against Carolina and a touchdown. He had seven targets in in a touchdown against. Um, against Oakland and, you know, in the other J games, he had, you know, he's had three touchdowns before that, uh, you know, so 
the only game where he didn't have a touchdown was against a really good pass defense in in Baltimore on Thursday night. I mean, he has been really very consistent when it comes to the touchdown work, and you like that. You like that for him. Um, in this situation, um, Jay's going to rely on him, and I, you have you have a lot of upside there. So I think it's there's you have a lot. No, you don't have a lot of upside. You have a very clear floor, and I think that there's something appealing about Landry in that situation, especially considering what we saw from Larry Fitzgerald in that in that Tampa Bay game, where he just had such a matchup advantage, and he was such a more talented receiver out of the slot that. Carson just looked at him and you know in almost every single play. Now Larry is Larry has a much better role in his offense than Landry does, um, but you know something to be said for that. I think Larry Fitzgerald is the other guy. I mean he's sixty nine hundred on on both sites, and you know <laughs> you, you try to doubt this guy, and it, he he won't he won't let you. Um, and he's got a very, he's got a very clear role in his offense. He's, you know, they're on the road. Fine. Um, it should be a bad game. Don't love that really low total. Don't love that. Um, however, he has seen a ton of targets. I mean, in his last two games, if Stanton was playing, you would just love this spot for him. He had 23 targets in the last two weeks and 15 receptions. I mean, that is, that's really good stuff. It's just question of Gabbert. You know how how does he feel? How do you like Gabbert? Do you think Gabbert can do this? And I, I just don't I don't know how to project Gabbert necessarily. And like I said, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go do that. I'd rather unload the dishwasher. Um, <laughs> couple guys below seven k in the six k range that I'm cautiously optimistic about. Deshaun Jackson, I think, is a really nice tournament play as usual. He, you know. He got some target work, but I think with without Mike Evans there, he probably attracts more safety help over the top because you literally that's all you got to worry about. Um, and you have Miami. We know that uh, you know Miami's not a great secondary, deep balls, everything. So we certainly could see Miami um, struggle with Jackson here. I think he's in an interesting spot. He's only five one on Fanduel or on DraftKings. That's just so cheap. I, I love that. Um, I think that you have a couple guys here below this price that are interesting. Marvin Jones is interesting too, by the way. Don't this is the recency bias thing. I mean, we just saw Devontae Parker smash this team. Okay? We just saw him smash this team. He had a really good game against Pittsburgh. He had a really good game against New Orleans. Those are those are really good those are good pass defenses and and, and some good corners there. Jones is gonna get um you know Jones has struggled last week but taking advantage of recency bias and saying everybody who you know basically is saying that you know oh well you know this isn't a good matchup there's no reason to like him that's just not the case I mean he he was so good in those those last couple matchups I think that there's no reason not to think that he is in a good spot here against against Chicago and and won't get the target volume I mean McCordy has done a phenomenal job at shutting guys down. Um, you know, it's 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 documented. Like don't don't tilt that. I think what you can't overlook is the fact that you have three games in a row where he had over 10 targets and then all of a sudden, you know, Cleveland comes around and they 
he's he gets shut down. Well, that's really good cornerback play from from McCourty, a healthy McCourty coming off the bye too. So I, that's that's something to look at. I think two guys that I think I'm cautiously optimistic about: Jeremy Macklin, um, Sterling. Three guys: Jeremy Macklin, Sterling Shepard, and Robert Woods. If Robert Woods is getting Trey Waynes, you have to like that. It's easily the best matchup on this team. Um, I just don't – you don't know who he's going to guard. If, if Xavier Rhodes guards Sammy Watkins, then fine, but he might guard Robert Woods. Whoever we – and I don't think we're going to find out. So, if, if, you know, I, I, we're not going to find out beforehand, that's for sure. Um, Jeremy Macklin, though, I mean, attacking attacking wide receivers um, – or excuse me, attacking the the – the uh, Packers with wide receivers is is absolutely a good idea. Now, um, you know, he's very reasonably priced, especially on DK. I mean, he's $4,500 on DK. And right before the bye, I mean, he came back, he was healthy, he saw 14 total targets, and in that Titans game, he went 9 for 8. Similarly bad pass defense in that Miami game, he had a touchdown. I think that Flacco knows that this is his number one wide receiver. They're going to be at home. They're going to, you know, Green Bay is not a good offense or good defense, but they are a decent. They're they are a decent rush defense. We they you know so in passing down situations, I think Macklin is very very interesting because you can't go to the tight end against Green Bay. Um, he's very inexpensive, very inexpensive. I think he's an interesting option. And Sterling Shepard will be one of those recency bias guys. Everybody goes back to him. And listen, he is the alpha and the omega of this of this offense right now because there's just no reason not not to not to think that he is in a good position here. Um, you know, Shep, sixty three hundred, plenty of volume. Um, Kansas City's pass defense has been bad. The question that you have is is do they figure it out coming out of the bye? And if they have more pass rush that's healthy, are they able to get to? get to him you know I mean he's gonna get the volume he's pretty much it he's the only option um but he's also the same price as Des Bryant against Philadelphia now Philadelphia's past defense I know is kind of an illusion they have not been they've been good you know it seemed like they were bad early in the year but that's not that's tough that's a really tough price um not to like Des at 6200 last guy um a cheap option here sorry forgot about this one well, two cheap options. Alshon Jeffrey increased targets 7K. Too cheap. Too cheap, too cheap, too cheap. Um, is uh, Jameson Crowder. I mean, negative game script. Uh, he sat out. Um, he he had a huge game against, uh, against Dallas. Um, he had 11 targets last week against Minnesota. Because of negative game script, he had to sit out the Seattle game. Now he's clearly healthy again. 11 targets? Are you kidding me? Uh, you're going to get negative game script against New Orleans. You're going to get the interior slot. You know, the outside is very, very, very tough to work um, against New Orleans. But I think that Jameson Crowder is in an interesting spot here, too. So you got a lot of names, man. There's a lot of spots that you can go to. Um, it, you you, you kind of you kind of have to decide what you want to do at tight end, I think, in quarterback. For me, tight end and quarterback always dictate what I want to do with the rest of my lineup. And I think Travis Kelsey is the, the, the smash play, obviously. I don't know what else to say. I mean, the Giants have given up a touchdown to every single tight end that they've faced in, like, the last month. 
just happens. It's automatic. You know, death taxes and Giants tight ends or touchdowns against the Giants. Um, I don't love paying up for a tight end in cash. I went to Gronk last week. He did fine. He didn't burn me, but it was Gronk or Garrett Selleck, and Garrett Selleck outscored him. The only issue that you have is you don't necessarily have a very deep, cheap tight end set this week. I think you have guys, you have a guy like Jared Cook. That's the other one that I'm interested in. And he's at home, high total, a lot of passing. I think you're going to see plenty of volume for him. I mean, in three, the last three weeks that they've thrown it more, he's had 21 targets in two games over 100 yards. Like, this guy is going to catch the ball. That game script will get him the ball. He's running routes. He is Derek Carr's, like, second favorite, third favorite wide receiver in a given matchup. Now, the Patriots have not allowed a ton of points to the tight end, but I think the combination of game script, home matchup, the recent volume, that adds up to me really liking Cook in this situation. If you're going to have a lot of scoring, then you could certainly have a nice game from Cook here as well. So decide what you want to do at tight end. I don't think that there's really any good tight end punts. I'm going to be honest with you. It That... Maybe Vern. I think Vern is interesting in this situation, especially if we don't get, um, you know, if we don't get uh, any, if if we don't have uh, Jordan Howard, not Jordan Howard. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the other guy, the the guy, the other wide receiver, the other, you know what I'm talking about? Vern. Okay, go to Vern. He's 5200. Positive. Same as same as Cook. Game script. Game script. Game script. You like the volume that he's going to see. He saw eleven targets as well. I mean, we know Cousins likes to pepper the middle of the field. That there's 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 no doubt about it. Um, Tyler Croft. I don't know. I think his price definitely demands attention. But how? I mean, how much do you want to roster Tyler Croft in a situation when the Denver pass, the Denver pass rush guys could literally destroy Andy Dalton. I mean, he had almost nothing to work with in that in that Tennessee game. And it was because of the pass rush. Like he did not have a pocket. Like that was the worst. It was absolutely terrible. Um and he he won't have a pocket again against Denver. I mean he there's just no way. This offensive line is so bad that you have to only really play bangles against teams that have no pass rush. Um, defense, Jaguars. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jaguars against the Browns, no doubt about it. They don't have, probably won't have Deshaun Kaiser. They're one of the most turnover-prone teams in the NFL. They're not really even going to be able to throw the ball that much. Jacksonville is in a great spot here, no doubt about it. Um, I also really, really like the Chargers defense. I think... They are a phenomenal point-per-dollar play. I mentioned them on the other show. On FanDuel, they are, you know, easily one of the best values on the slate. Um, you know, as is as is Arizona coming off the bye, you, you, you kind of have to like them. Cincinnati, if they're healthy, I think 4500 is a very, very good place price to play pay for, for them. But I love the Chargers sack upside against a bad Buffalo offensive line at 4300 That's just really, really nice. I think that they have shown a clear floor in what they've recently done. So, very interested in them, uh, no doubt about it. I think that that's a good price for, for that. Kicker, I mean, you could really pay up for kicker this week. You have a lot of really good offensive kickers. Um, Guskowski, Lutz, Butker, all the 5K guys are really interesting to me. I think that they all have really a lot of upside. Um, 
you know, uh, and then if you want to drop down, I don't mind a guy like Giorgio Tavecchio, um, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the ability of the, um, the, the Patriots to like yield yards, but not touchdowns. But I also don't mind like a home kicker, like a, um, you know, home kicker, like the Chargers kicker, uh, Nick Novak. I think he's interesting as well against an offense that really has, has struggled, um, you know, for sure. So I, I think that those, all those guys are, are, are certainly, certainly in play. Um, so keep your eye out there. Um, there's, there's some, some interesting spots and kickers list. I mean, kicker is something that can really win you, win you money these days. Like you get a kicker, go over 10 points. That's a big deal. So don't be afraid to invest if you can find the money. Um, all right, guys. Hey, that's it for me. That's enough for the player breakdown. I was kind of rambling there at the end. I hope it's useful. Uh, patreon.com slash lineup logic, review the pod, share the pod, please. Um, and, uh, we're bringing you NBA content for tomorrow for the Friday slate. So get ready for that. I will see you guys later. Bye.